0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to Everyday Linux, episode 190. Aloha, Seth, recorded April 26th, 2015, and brought to you by Element OP Productions, Opie.com Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to the Linux show that's not about Linux, but about life in the context of Linux. I am your host, Mark, the sultan of the soapbox cockerel, and joining me, as always, are your two stalwart co-hosts, Chris, the command line godfather, and Seth, the GUI kid Anderson. Hello, gentlemen.
1: Hello, Mark, and everyone out there in Internet lands. I hope you had a great week, weekend, or whatever you may have.
2: Hello, everyone, and welcome to your regularly scheduled Wednesday pick-me-up, for those of you who listen to the recording first thing.
0: So I, I, I've I, sort of fallen into saying joining me as always, but it's not true because Chris was out recently. Seth is going to be out the next two shows. And then I call you the stalwart co-host. Stalwart meaning always dependable. But neither of those things are true in the, anymore. <laughs> I need to come up with some other phrase. So uh, the as the title mainly, suggests, we are saying goodbye to Seth. Not forever. Just for a little while.
2: Yeah, I'm trying that whole absence makes the heart grow fonder thing. Going to see how well that works with you guys. Uh, I am leaving Wednesday morning. I am flying across, well, I guess almost halfway across the Pacific Ocean to spend a couple of weeks in Hawaii. Um, I haven't left yet and I've already spent about $2,000. So this is going to Ooh. be a fun time for the gooey kid.
1: <laughs> Should be a blast. Seth. I hear Hawaii is excellent.
2: Yeah. My sister-in-law told me she works for the school district there. That's why they went out there. They offered her a contract. She said there's an opening in the tech department. So, you know, I don't know. I might go see. <laughs> I'm single. I could live in Hawaii. Right. Why not?
0: A single family, can, a single man, can afford to live out there. Me, a family of five, I would have to make like a quarter million a year just to even to break even, really.
2: Yeah, you yeah, know, and you'd have then the beach. And, yeah, there at are compensations. People, yeah, at least people would pretend to want to see me. Hey, Seth, I was thinking <laughs> about you. I, I wanted to come visit. That's right. <laughs>
0: i would have come and visit you except it cost a thousand dollars to get there
2: or yeah more. and i found out you know talking with my brother before i go over there they're my sister-in-law is uh i think she's planning on going to london like for the next school year so it's a good thing i'm going now because otherwise they wouldn't have been there so wow they're just the jet-setting people i, I guess that's impressive
0: I have a coworker here in Georgia whose wife is from uh, London, teaching here in Georgia. So, go Ooh. figure. That's
1: kind of entertaining. So,
0: uh, if any, if any of our fans out there live on the the big, are you going to actual Hawaii, the the main island?
2: Um, Honolulu is one with the that right. <laughs> or <laughs> sure, I, yeah, I'm going to be on in Honolulu for like three days. And then I'm going to be a week and a half in Maui. So if you're on one of those two islands and you want to get together, you know, shoot me an email. I will I'll have a computing device with me capable of accessing the Internet. And, uh, you know, who knows, meet up and have lunch or something.
0: And since you're you go. since you're not international, it won't cost you eighty seven dollars a minute to
2: use your phone there. That's the nice thing about it. It's yeah.
0: It's it's like a uh, an island paradise, but it's right here in our own country.
2: Right, and. uh I don't know where my phone is. I need to, I've been looking for it a little bit. I've just been using my company phone. I could have five or six job offers offering me a million dollars a year. My resume online has been found by just the right person and they sent me a voicemail or a text and I have not responded because. I don't know where my phone is and I still I keep every time I every so often I think, you know, I should forward my uh email or my my text and phone to my work phone and then I never do it. So um one you of these just, days, man.
1: You should just go get Google Voice and tie all your phones together, so then it doesn't matter.
2: Chris, if I haven't put forth the effort <laughs> to call forward I know. I just- you- <laughs> yeah, it, it that would be cool.
0: I'm a big fan of Google Voice. I have five or six Google Voice numbers. You know, I know you're not supposed to do that. But um, I own my own domain, so it's trivial to spin up a new email address and, and add, link in. And, and now they've made you for a while re- tie it to a real phone number. But I've found sites like SendHub, things like that, that'll give you a disposable phone number. So I link one of those up, get a new Google Voice account, and then let that expire. Um, and that, And so... That's how I have, like, six or seven Google Voice numbers Shame for different things. Shame on you. I know. I am, Man. I am I am abusing the system. But I have you my, my Obi high so. that I've talked about. My home phone is a Google Voice. My wife has a Google Voice number. I have a Google Voice number. The show has a, a Google Voice number. Uh, the original Tightwad Tech show had its own Google Voice number. So that's five we're up to. And I bet there's another one out there somewhere.
2: Do you still check that tightwad tech one? It filters over
0: to the Element OP one. Oh, that works. That works.
2: Um,
0: Okay, that's all I'm going to say. So I do want (laughs) to say that uh, I stepped into the uh, early 20th century uh, finally and bought a Roku. I've been, you know, uh, I've I've talked about it many times uh, here that I've experimented with various things for as a media center. Uh, and I, while I love my Pi-based media center, ever since I moved to the Pi, I've lost Netflix um, and things that are uh, uh, encrypted like that. So before, on my little uh, Windows um, Atom processor device, I, I, I had those things because Windows has the DRM built in. The Pi does not, and th- th- probably never will. Um, right, right even though there's the html5 stuff there's you can sort of hack your way into it but it's not it's not supported on or the pretty. device that i'm using right now it's just yeah so i you know i did my research i asked chris you know you you he has several different ones i asked his opinion he said uh, spend the money get the the model 3 and like a good geek i did what i was going to do anyway and bought the cheap one uh so i have the roku model 1 um uh, for because it was forty eight bucks and the other one was seventy three and that's just mm-hmm. you know I'm, uh, I'm, I am the tightwad deck uh, so I bought it and I hooked it up and I, we're just really loving it so I've, I've mentioned it before our um, pre, primary Netflix device for a long time was the the Wii uh, mm-hmm. which is fine but it's standard def. Um so when we moved here to Georgia 3 years ago I bought one of those $30 DVD players that has Netflix and v- Hulu and voodoo and those things built in.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: And that's been our primary Netflix uh and it's fine except we never got through even a half hour show without it pausing to buffer. Uh and I was always blaming my internet uh thinking that must be it till one day I hooked up my laptop to my TV and streamed through a 2 hour movie without any hitches and went wait a minute so that's why I decided to buy the Roku, just see what it could do. And now uh, it, we've had it about a week now, and only one time did it buffer at all, and that was pulling a 1080p thing down from Amazon yep. Prime while the kids had two Netflix streams running at once. So I'm willing to forgive that.
1: <laughs> uh, yeah, those those Roku devices are f- are awesome. Yeah.
0: So if you're uh, if you're if you're wondering about it, if you're wondering if it's worth the money, uh, again in my place, strictly a dedicated um, um, Netflix device was why I bought it. Finding that the Amazon Prime offerings um, are really good too, I never really even explored that catalog because it wouldn't work on my Pi, and I didn't want to mess with it from my computer. Uh, but but just that the advice to just do those two things, um, it's worth the fifty bucks to me. Uh, the kids when I brought it. Uh, when it arrived and I unpacked it, my middle daughter went, Oh, a Roku. I love those. My friend Autumn has one of those. And, and, and so she doesn't even talk about watching Netflix anymore. It's watching Roku. They've become Mm -hmm. synonymous to her. Um, the other thing
1: that I find is really cool about the Roku is if you have, once you install the channels, so if you have Amazon, Netflix, Hulu, whatever else, you know, internet service video delivery content system, um, it has that that main panel search will search through all of them. That's cool. So I've had a couple of times where I was like, "Well, I wonder if you know." I was trying to get my kids to watch uh, my neighbor Totoro, great flick. Um, and I was like, "Well, I was I was going to go to each one and search at Amazon and Netflix and and I was like, "Wait a minute, the Roku can do all of them at once." <laughs> so. Don't forget about the automatic search thing, and it'll, it'll find stuff for you that you didn't even know that was in the catalogs. So,
0: yeah, that's, definitely cool. That's pretty cool. The, I tried the Plex interface, thinking maybe it could replace my Raspberry Pi, and the only interface it offers is the Cover Flow, where you slide left to right, um, and that. Yep. That's just unacceptable when you have a catalog of 300-plus movies. Uh, And and I know there's a search bar. You can search for what you want, but that's not how we do things. We browse through the library and go, oh, that looks good, and we pick it. And when you can only see five or six at a time, it's just unacceptable. And that's what's kept me off of Plex, frankly. Um, That's the reason I'm still using XBMC, because I can Mm -hmm. get through the uh, um, Confluence interface. I can show 20 things on a screen at once. Um, and that's how we that's how we roll. And every other thing I've tried to try, uh, Plex, even the default OSMC um, interface that's on my that is the actual thing that I'm running uh, has that. That's what people like. They like that Coverflow three. And I don't understand it. I, I guess it's just another case where I'm not like normal people. But Coverflow is the most useless, least efficient interface ever. As far as I'm, I would rather have a text interface than the co- Coverflow thing. But that's what everybody's moving to, and I hate it.
1: Have do you have access to in on the the Roku One to the new Plex interface that they're doing? Apparently it, not.
0: I mean, there's just an okay. app, and it came. But every Plex interface I've tried, other than the PC interface, is like that. And the PC interface gives you the the you know the big thing. Um, mm-hmm. But I don't like the way Plex indexes movies and presents them to me as well as I like the way. Xbmc or or uh, OSMC does uh, Plex doesn't do as good a job of indexing and correctly identifying movies. I have movies that are perfectly identified in my on my Pi device that on my uh, Plex device just show up as gibberish and can't be hmm. uh, can't be done. So I mean I can always go in there and, and add them and correct them and make but it just frustrates me that I should even have to do that. So as much as I love Plex as a server, um, it's still in my opinion not a primary media. Device.
1: See, I've never had any problems with identification. I've had a couple where the name, you know, it's been a remake of a remake of a remake, and so then I have to go in and pick the correct year. But I've never had a problem where it won't identify something.
0: Like uh, Bruce Lee's The Chinese Connection, um, has it's never been identified right on any Plex installation I've ever done. Um, it always comes up as Fist of Fury Three. Which is not the same movie, or Fists of Fury. It was actually Fist of Fury Two. It's it's almost identical, same plot uh, that mm-hmm. came out a year later, uh, but it's a different movie. Uh, almost the uh, the like I said almost identical plot. I think the character names are even the same. One was Japanese release. One was J- uh, or excuse me Chinese release. One was Chinese and U.S. release. Um, and it never gets those right. Even if I hmm. manually go in there and tell it, no, this is the Chinese connection, and I type it in, it comes up. Did you mean Fist of Fear here? Three? No, I didn't. That's why I typed in this button. So anyway, uh,
1: I've never had a problem. I'd be curious if you fed me that file just to test to see.
0: We'll Maybe just name any one of your files Chinese Connection and
2: watch it struggle.
1: Okay. I'll have to try that tonight.
2: <laughs> hey, did y'all realize I'm still here this week? <laughs> it's
0: not <laughs> until next week that I'm gone. Oh, Don't know if you right. got
2: those confused.
0: <sighs> well, sure we did. That's why the whole show <laughs> is about Seth, except for this part right here. Um, <laughs> so Sorry. You had I some just, trouble with Unraid. You love yes. Unraid.
1: I do love Unraid and I do love Unraid's the new the the version 6 that they released, but I was under the assumption that the new version of Unraid would have a nice simple Plex plugin. And I either I'm too stupid to install this plugin for Plex to work or the Unraid guys don't know how to talk to the Plex guys and get things going correctly. I don't know where the disconnect is, but I spent all day today, um, tinkering with my file server. I, you know, factory reset all my disks. Uh, I went to do the, and upgraded the, the base of the, the, the US, the little USB 3, or l- USB key. And so, unrated, the server's up, and I'm waiting for the parody to finish so I can start setting back up my file shares. But, I can't get the stupid Plex plug to work, which is the main reason I wanted to upgrade to version 6. So, Ger, <laughs> I'll have to spend so some more time to reading. Welcome to Media
0: Center Weekly, starring Seth, and, or not starring Seth, starring Chris and Mark. Um, one last thing before I get off of this. If you're not watching Daredevil, do it. You owe yourself uh owe it to yourself to watch it my wife and i uh, like i said we uh last week we had a pact no but no watching separ- uh separately so that has slowed down my watching we're now on episode nine and it just gets better every episode watch cool. daredevil uh uh, Vin- uh d'onofrio what's his name his first name is it vincent, it's vincent. Not vincent. is it vincent D'Onofrio? yes anyway he is We all know he's a great actor from Law and Order. One of my favorite roles he ever did was Men in Black, where he played the bug, and the physical acting he did in that was just stellar, and nobody ever gave him him any credit for it. His acting here as Kingpin is top-notch, top-notch. Really? Um, Just still loving it. Hmm. So, I'm going to keep talking about Daredevil until everybody I know has watched it.
1: Wow. It's on my cue list. I just haven't got to it.
0: And don't forget the Element OP app available on our site. We need more people uh, working on it. Uh, That's all I'm going to say about that. It's still there. Don't forget about it. (laughs) So moving on now to our listener feedback section. Rick got to play with a scammer. He says, so I was sitting here today when I got a call from, quote, computer tech support, unquote. Uh, usually I just hang up on any telemarketers, but I'd been hoping to get one of these yo-yos uh, and so I could mess with them. Uh, they started by telling me that computers at my house had been, quote, accessing harmful links. I played along for oh. a while, asking questions and acting concern. Then finally I got bored and asked, so what computer is having the problem? They said the computer running Windows. I said, but my computers run Linux, so I, do I still have the problem? Your computer runs Linux. Yep, click,
3: (laughs) and he ends it with "That was fun."
1: (laughs) I love doing that. I I wish I would get another one of those phone calls because I I really like playing along. I got one that I never got one, but my mom did, and we had fun with that because she's also a Linux user. But she was playing along. She wasn't playing along. She was actually worried, and then the end of it was the same basic click and she didn't know what to
0: do. Seth, your story is still my favorite where you played along for a while and then you abused the guy for being a terrible human. (laughs) I think that's my favorite story of all time.
2: Yeah, I, uh, man, it was, it was a lot of fun. I wish, I wish I had an easy way. And of course I know I just, I'm too lazy to do it, set it up where I could record because I would love to be able to share it with, uh, with the greater wider world because it was a lot of fun, man. Trying to, trying to get them going. And you can tell they're reading the script. Right. And it's just, you know, having worked in a call center. Uh, oh, it's, it was, it was a blast. Great <laughs> times were had. I, I guess not by all, but by me anyway. So, yeah. well, I mean,
0: that's all that matters. If you're calling me, you deserve what you get. Right.
3: Uh, right. I, I kind so, of feel the
0: same way about, uh, you know, I leave my window shades up and, and parade my fat self around naked. I figure if you're looking in my window, you deserve that.
2: Yeah, you're saving someone because somebody will take one look at me and go, I'm never doing that again. (laughs) So, you know, women everywhere can thank me for (laughs) walking around in my underwear at house.
0: People are gouging out their mind's eye as we speak. Oh,
1: I'm sure. (laughs) There's some (laughs) things you can't unsee.
0: (laughs) Okay, moving on to uh, the next bit of listener feedback. William asks about the alternate. Said, I wonder if you'd read about the outer net, outernet.is, uh, and what you thought about it. I think it's pretty interesting, and of course, I'd like to see it become the norm. Pretty limited currently, and I don't know if don't know if it would ever rival standard internet providers in any way. The cheapskate in me would love to see it, uh, see free internet for all. So, William, I had never heard of the outer net, but I went and researched it based on your discussion. I think it's interesting, but it's nowhere near internet access, nor will it ever be. Uh, so, if you're not familiar with the outer net, go check it out. It's an interesting idea, um, and it's a it's a post apocalyptic storage uh, information storage. So, some group of people, and I think it may be crowdsourced, uh, gather up information and tag it as what is valuable to be stored on the outer net, and that is stored uh, in, uh, in space. Um, I, I assume stored there, but certainly delivered from there. So, satellites from space using radio signals uh, send down these radio signals and you can download a device. It's super limited. Like right now, uh, because they're not using geosynchronous, you got to wait till your satellite is, is over you. And in the time it passes over you plus bandwidth restrict restrictions, I think you only get like a hundred megs of data a day out of it, but you can either purchase or construct an outer net device, which is a receiver of their satellite signals and a Wi-Fi transmitter. So with this device, you can access the outer net Using any inter, uh, Wi-Fi enabled device, so you still got to have power. You still got to have Wi-Fi, uh, a Wi-Fi enabled device. Uh, but in a post-apocalyptic scenario, when you have nothing available to you, the outer net can tell you such things as how to build a generator or how to uh, plant and tend certain plant uh, uh, types of food uh, plants. I'm going to say plant over and over again, um, and, and so it's a, it's a neat idea. Um, I think it'll never be more than a neat idea. Have either of you guys ever heard of it?
1: Uh, I haven't technically heard of it as that, as the outer net. Um, I do a lot of Indiegogo funding. So this came up in one of my Indiegogo. It, I didn't sponsor it because I was like, Oh, that's kind of cool, but it didn't float my boat anyway. Um, and I know it as the lantern, which is the outer device. It, yeah. It's the device. And you know, it was a cool idea and I, it just, I, I think I did a, the, the cheapest, you know, I, I'm just sponsoring it because I want to throw a dollar at it or something. Uh, but it was really cool idea. And they like, if I remember right, they, let me look it up really quick. Um, for the lantern, they were looking for, well, they ended up getting fifth, what's almost $600,000. They were, and that's 240% more than what they were asking for. So. This is kind of something that everyone's been looking for. There's there's a, a need somewhere. It's kind of cool. Um, I don't know if I would ever, you know, actually go and get it, but it's kind of cool. Ten megs.
0: Yeah, I mean the the their design, but putting it in space makes it bombproof, right? And makes mm-hmm. it stable. But it also introduces fundamental limitations bandwidth being the biggest one storage uh being a secondary and you know you you, it's got to be managed somebody's got to put that data up there and somebody's got to pick what's up there and people are going to be very disappointed there's no porn on it um and so yeah in in the the mad max world when you're driving around in your wind-powered sail uh car and battling vagabonds you could have your um outer net lantern and be able to look up things like how to kill bad guys um and i think it's you know it's a neat idea that will i can't see this project living beyond the people who are supporting it right now there are probably a handful of guys uh who are running it and when they die and or lose interest it will go away because it's got to be expensive to keep a satellite in the air. All satellite orbits decay, so they got to keep launching satellites. Um, and they got to side goes off at of something else. They got to pay for the satellite uplink to get data up there. Uh, so yeah, I just I'm not seeing it as anything other than hey, that's a cool idea. Prove me wrong, Outernet. I'd love to be that. Be proven wrong. Yeah. And whenever um,
2: we need it, it'll be too late. It'll yeah. be like, we should have done this last year, and then, you know, has the zombie hordes descend. Um, We'll be really wishing we would have invested in the Lantern.
1: Well, just, just so everyone knows. There's they, open they,
0: source you, plans to build your own.
1: Yep, there are open source plans to build your own. You can go over to Indiegogo, and they are doing what's called flux funding now. So if you wanted a Lantern, the built-in device, for $150, you can go get one. So
0: yeah. there you go. I I would totally build my own out of a Raspberry Pi that I have laying around and a few solar cells, um, because I'm a cheapskate. That's and why I bought geek. the. That's why I bought the Level One uh, Roku, even after you told me I shouldn't. And you were right, by the way. All the reasons you said I should pay the more, you were right. Mm-hmm. But it was twenty five dollars more.
1: <laughs> the The biggest mark, the biggest thing I had an issue with the Roku was the fact that I couldn't. We can't do the – if you don't have profiles set up in Netflix, then it's no big deal. But I have profiles for my kids. and I
0: yeah. have them. They don't use them. They always click on the mark profile because that's oh. the one we all started using, and that's where all their stuff is, all their favorites are. So it's pointless that I have them. I do miss yeah. the kids-only interface, though, because yep. the, the two portals for kids and mm-hmm. regular. Anyway. Uh, okay, so that's it for listener feedback. Just a couple of mail uh, messages there. Uh, and so now let's move on into some news of the week. Um, speaking of cool inventions, MIT has figured out a way to make desalinization affordable. That's a big deal. Oh,
2: really? Yeah. This, um, this was over at, um, businessinsider.com. I stumbled across this one on some web surfing. And yeah, it was kind of cool. They actually, they already have a prototype. This is, um, you know, they're kind of like, you know, as everybody, well, I don't know if everybody has, but it's been on the news a lot. The, um, the drought that California is having, um, you know, they're doing everything they can to like conserve water. And so that's like got people thinking, you know, what can we do to have drinkable water in the future? Because there's a, there's a big fear that has sea level rises. A lot of the groundwater that we rely on today will be tainted um, by, you know, the encroachment of salt water. And so they've come up with this thing and they, it's already exists. So they, they had, they tested it and they won $140,000 first prize and it uses solar panels to charge a bank of batteries. And then it uses electro dialysis to kind of remove the salt from that water to get, um, to get drinking water. So I just thought it was kind of cool. You know, you, that way you're not having a generator running, consuming fossil fuel fuels to make water. You're just using the natural energy of the sun to get water. So I thought it was kind of interesting. Um, in New Mexico, they've, they had it run for 24 hours at a time and it could remove salt from 2,100 gallons of water a day. So, you know, almost wow. enough for one person.
0: Yeah, average person needs about 3 to 4 gallons I think a day. So, uh that's enough for 700 people, uh, yeah. in a small city.
1: Yeah, that's that's impressive. I didn't think it, you know, um I was reading along. I mean, that's that's a lot of water for 24 hours. That's impressive.
0: And that Yeah. The, the the earth surface 70% of it is water, but only 1% of that water can be drink without uh without some sort of processing. So one percent mm-hmm. of our planet's water uh, is drinkable, and we use drinkable water also for our livestock and our irrigation. So w- when you you know figure that um, a field of corn is going to use hundreds of times more water than a human, so really we're down to a fraction of a of a percent of water set aside for human consumption. Um, and consumption isn't just drinking, right? We use more water taking mm-hmm. baths and washing clothes than we drink. So, you know, again, you break all that down, and, and though our our planet is covered in water, very little of it is actually consumed by human bodies.
1: You know, and I never, you know, I don't remember this ever in, in chemistry or biology or anything with, with for plants, but isn't there a way to make salt water usable by plants without doing this type of a desaltifying?
0: Uh, as far as I know, salt kills almost all plants.
2: So, really? Yeah. Yeah, you throw salt on the ground. Like, here's what you do, Chris. Make some ice cream, homemade ice cream, and then just open your front door and toss the bucket out. And, and watch then watch watch what happens like two weeks later. So, no, you could now, you could boil the water and then catch what's boiled, right. and that would be the pure water, and then you would have this briny slush kind of left over, or if you boiled it all away, this um, Which residue. Which is called that, distilled water. Yeah, So, you know, there are ways around it. um, The trouble is they
0: all cost a lot of energy. Desalinating water takes tons of energy. Um, Energy is difficult to come by, as we all know. Uh, So at this point, while there are desalinization plants uh, for municipalities, they're all operating at a negative. So they all cost more more money to run than it would cost to ship water in uh, from somewhere else. Uh, and using solar power, which is of course virtually free, is awesome. Except that our best solar panels are six percent efficient. So uh, mm-hmm. if we could make a better solar panel, we could change so many parts of our lives. Yeah.
2: So come on, solar think, panels. Yeah, I think uh, that six percent is really low. I think they're up to about twenty percent solar power. So, right. well, so that still. would be
0: that. That may be in a lab. What you can purchase. From what I've seen, are less than ten percent efficient.
2: Really, he's, I, he's googling
0: that to check me right now. Well,
2: I I did some research on this recently because I was thinking about solar panels for our house because we're the last pole on the line um, in our electric cooperative, and uh, the ten to fifteen percent range is what's consumerly available. Okay. But so but it's but not we're, the first time I've been there. wrong. Yeah. So that's the
0: first time today I've been wrong. So
2: I'm, yeah, I'm trying wrong. to save you from the legion of the <laughs> Element OP people already clicking submit on their emails.
0: So let's say let's say they're 25 percent efficient. That's still wasting 75 percent of the energy. Yeah, we, we can do better. Right. Uh, of course, the internal combustion is like four percent efficient. So we we're we're accustomed to wasting energy all over the place.
1: It's too bad that we can't find a better way.
0: And we will. It's just a matter it's of time. time. You know time what else and pressure is a matter of time getting Android malware on your device is just a matter of time
2: yeah that's um one in five um almost seventeen percent of device of Android devices have malware on them from semantics' latest report and of course, what is semantic among other things they're an antivirus or anti malware company, so they want to put it out there and this most of the ones that are that way are ones who are either rooted or installed from third-party apps, app stores. Um, the percentage of apps in the uh, Google Play authorized stores, those are continuing to fall um, pretty good because as Google steps up their scanning of the apps and the devices in question. Um, so, yeah, there's lots of malware available On the Android apps, you know, that's just unfortunately you um, if you go, you know, if if you walk around and in a city and you see a guy, you know, open up one side of his trench coat and say you want to buy Rolex for five bucks. Yeah, it might not be a real Rolex Uh, or if it is, it might not be a legally acquired Rolex. So if, if you go into the stores where those kind of things are sold, your chance of getting a fake or stolen one is not non-existent but it is virtually nil so and the same is true on the interwebs
0: While i think this is probably fairly bogus the fact is that if you're running a device you will be compromised at some point it's mm-hmm. it's it's just a given it's going to happen there are bad people in the world and they're determined and talented and you're going to get busted i i myself have been infected it's been many years uh since i have been but it's happened um and you know it's just everybody i mean i'm i'm, I'm a careful security professional and it, and it got me um and you know it's it's going to happen and so while these people like to, to single out android the fact is there's there's malware on on apple devices there's malware on windows devices there's malware for linux it's out there and you know just just be pay attention don't be dumb. Mm-hmm. Don't buy your don't buy your Rolex from a from a guy's trench coat. Don't download your apps from you know uh, Bob's apps and stuff. Yeah,
2: you know, it's just you know be common sense. I yeah. think I want to um, open an app store and call it my my trench coat of apps.
3: Yes, <laughs>
0: call it Psst, Hey Kid.
2: Uh, yes. that'll be the name of it.
0: There you go. I like, Would that. You like to buy an E. Uh, <laughs> And They'll another thing snowman. that has, is a matter of time, it's just a matter of time until Google kills off a, your favorite device. Uh, the next one in their site is the Nexus 7 tablet.
3: <laughs> yes, my, my, it
0: is.
1: Oh, go ahead, Chris. I was going to say, that's my current tablet, and I love it, but it's, it's definitely long in the tooth, and I don't think I would even try to buy a new one anymore.
2: Yeah, I do like the um,
1: size, though.
2: Yeah, that's kind of what had me... You know, because they they announced there was the original Nexus 7, and then about a year later, they released a new Nexus 7 with a little bit better specs. So, mm-hmm. rather than continue that form factor size, which I think the 7-inch, for me, it's small enough to be very uh, portable, but it is still big enough to access things. Um, mm-hmm. You know, it's big enough to be serviceable. A, a little iPhone or whatever or Samsung or whatever your smartphone is, Um you know, granted it's there, it's handy, you have it, but I don't want to watch movies on a little tiny screen all day. For me, seven inches is the good size, and so it's weird that Google is kind of abandoning that um that market segment you know there's still the nine they have, so it this isn't the no more nexuses it's no more nexus sevens right. um, so their yep. two
0: options were five and seven, and now it's six and nine, uh, yeah so they're right. just they're just getting bigger, and the Nexus six um from what I hear is not not an awesome device there there've been more complaints about it than praises uh yeah. in my feeds lately so um uh, and, and again google didn't design any of these they they've worked with other companies um i had the uh the original uh, nexus 1 solid really good piece of hardware the software wasn't great back then i got the nexus s next it was a piece of crap Ah uh, So, just because it has Nexus on it doesn't necessarily mean it's a good device, and I think that's the case with both nexus sevens they just they just didn't build it well
1: yeah the the nexus seven the two thousand twelve edition um isn't a bad tablet anymore it's just it's it's underpowered um I kinda wish that they would have kept the seven inch because my my stepdad has the nine, and that's ungodly in your hand it's yeah. too big to use. Comfortably,
0: well, they, they, they want you to move use the six phone, which is slightly smaller than seven, um, mm-hmm. and that's going to be that's the the niche that they're hoping for. Uh, you know, uh, uh, the a- Apple phone is five and a half, I think, so that six inches is, is kind of where everybody's looking right now between five and six. And mm-hmm. I think in general, people thought that seven inch just wasn't quite right. All, all three of my kids have seven inch tablets, and um, and they prefer to use the ten inch iPad because it's too small for a tablet. Uh, for their in their experience you know but they don't mm-hmm. want the the laptop you know, with the 21 inch right they uh their uh, desktop is 21 inch laptops 15 uh they don't that's they don't want that they want something portable but seven is too right. small and the 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 ipad range that i have the 10 inch is what they want so i, I think that's the market telling designers that's what they want more yeah. than the other way around
2: yeah, I mean the it's fact that I like that size that killed it, right? That there. that means they, right. Yep. Yeah. Seth likes it, crap. You know, no more. So, so your seven I'm,
0: inch devices will be on your wrist now. The the new watches <laughs> will be your seven inch devices. They'll be sleeves like uh Space Ghost used to wear. <laughs> and who doesn't want a Space Ghost cuff? I, I want one.
1: Only if I can do the force abilities that he had too, <laughs> where you could shoot the the lasers out of the arm, dance
0: that get on it people that's a kickstarter right there you embed a seven inch tablet with a flexible display in a space ghost cuff dude i'm just (laughs) giving away great ideas (laughs) i am an idea machine that is yours for free take it and run with it
2: yeah yeah just give us one each you know you just have
0: to make sure it fits fat arms because the people who want this have fat
2: arms And see, that would be cool because you could just, you could make it so that like the batteries were extra links. And so if you were fat, it would pay off because your watch would stay <laughs> powered longer because you had this whole extra battery pack and yeah, your lasers it, would be more powerful. Yeah. So use, you use know. that
0: with a pair of nudicles that generate off a of body heat. <laughs> okay. Uh.
1: Oh, and, the, and there we go. Dum-dum.
0: Moving right along, uh, there's a new Wi Fi security bug that can, uh, can, open anything with Wi Fi open to attack. This is not surprising, but it is news.
2: Yeah, the the thing that was kind of weird with this one and you know and, and yeah, you know, we could make a show and we could call it Security Exploits Weekly because there's there's always something coming out. But this one, you could you could with just a specially crafted name of a peer to peer network you can crash um, Android, Linux, Apple, well, BSD, which Apple is based on, even though this article doesn't say Apple, and Windows uh, Wi-Fi devices. If they have peer-to-peer networking turned on, you can kind of pwn the machine. Otherwise, you can just kind of make it um, a DDoS attack and just kill them and make it where they can't get Wi-Fi. And, again, this isn't some, you know, Doing a weird magic packet kind of thing. This is just, you make the name of your peer to peer network this like 489 character, whatever. And, um, and it, that was just a random number, but all it takes is the name of the Wi-Fi network right. to crash hmm. systems because and devices
0: the, are constantly scanning for SSIDs just to let you right. know, Hey, I've got this one here. If you want to use it. Uh, and so all it takes is for it to scan that thing. It's like saying, uh, the Superman character, Pixlick, whatever. You just all you got to do is get him to say his name. Uh, and this thing, you know, the Wi-Fi thing. If you get the computer to say the name, that's all it takes. Yep. Wow. So that, really that, that was a interesting. Comic book off. throwbacks lately here. Space <laughs> Ghost and what was that guy? <laughs> I never could say his
2: name. Can you either, of you guys? that? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, I couldn't. Be. But I know Something you know like the it. But the thing is, I knew right when yeah, you were talking. Right with I knew it right there. Um, I, I remember one time the way they beat him is they spelled his name backwards and held it up in a mirror, so he didn't see it. But then when he looked at it in the mirror and said it, he was like beat that way. So yeah. Yeah, yeah, know, he
0: wasn't very yeah. bright, powerful, but not bright,
2: right? Oh, well, which is
1: that, that, that's a, good for Superman.
0: A total rip off of the Rumpelstilskin, by the way. He's right. just a superpowered Rumpelstilskin none of none of dc's ideas or marvel's either were particularly unique they just went with them
1: they were different yeah. at the time
0: yeah it's like, what what's the difference between superman and power man and ultraman and marvel man and or captain Shazam. marvel and Shazam nothing the answer is nothing <laughs> there's no difference between any of those people <laughs> anyway moving right along um A critical HTTPS vulnerability. This is just vulnerability weekly, Seth.
2: Well, you know, the other one kind of hit everybody, but didn't name Apple. So, and of
3: course,
2: (laughs) the main reason I I did this is because the fanboy, the Apple fanboy mythos of the invulnerability of Apple apps. It's just not true. There's no such thing as a perfect app yet. And so this is, there's over. 25,000 different iOS apps that are, um, open to eavesdropping attacks. And the thing, um, this one is pretty widespread. There's a, um, a release for an open source networking module that fixes it. But what it, the way it works is there's a vulnerability where this checks to see if your SSL certificate is, is from a valid certificate site. So, you know, Bob's, uh, Bob's Rolex and SSL sites wouldn't work, but you could make up a domain called I'm going to pwn you sucka.com and you could get a security certificate from Verizon or, you know, semantic or whoever does it. But with this vulnerability, you could present that has microsoft.com or bank of america.com or facebook.com or whatever and it doesn't look to see the name of the site it just looks to see is this certificate from a company that your browser trusts so um and there's an update for it so hopefully they'll be coming out and updating apps to take care of this but um Some sites that showed to be vulnerable included such minor sites like Bank of America, Wells Fargo, and JP Morgan Trace, um, are all showing as vulnerable to this particular um possibility. So, you know, there's lots of people who the only way they know how much money they have is they pull out their iPhone and they click on their app and see the balance. Well, this particular vulnerability makes it if you're in a public Wi-Fi place such as, you know, a McDonald's or anywhere, all you have to do is name your hotspot AT&T and half the phones in America will automatically connect to it and <laughs> um and then you know, and then they're checking their balance or whatever. And you have you know, you know Joe's Attack Vector Weekly dot com presenting as Bank of dot com, and then you've got you've harvested their credentials. So interesting app, I thought. Yeah, yeah. It,
0: it, there there is a new class of people now that uh, the when they want to determine their wealth, they look at their edition. Uh, I, I watch and say, "Yep, still mm-hmm. rich," and they put it back down. So uh, they don't have to. They don't have to look at banks anymore. They can just pull that out of their pocket and go, "Yep, I'm still rich." Uh, but it, it it is interesting to note that bank sites tend to be the sloppiest
2: sites in terms yeah. of security. it's kind well, of and this sad, this one wasn't it? their fault really because they're using a good quality third parties networking. Um, thing of their apps. It's just, but because there was a vulnerability in that and most banking sites use that now, uh, and here's the thing, it they, they fixed it. So all they have to do is update the app to use the newest libraries and they'll be good. Um, but how many people update their phone on a regular basis? Not a lot. I see a lot of my friends there in their little update thing, they'll be like double digits <laughs> of updates wow. needed. So, uh, you know, um, So it doesn't always happen. It just goes and
0: gets them. And every now and then it burns me when something is released and doesn't work, like lollipop. Uh, But for the most part, it's the right way to go. Right. All right. Next up uh, 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 sensational headline, not really accurate Ubuntu in space.
2: Well, Ubuntu helps you see space. No, um, Ubuntu, um, there was a documentary put out by Nova that kind of talked about the Hubble telescope and one of the computers they're using to access the Hubble telescope was running Ubuntu. So there's our Linux action show of the week. We're bringing, you know, everyday Linux Ubuntu computers are used to access the Hubble Space telescope.
0: So here's my problem Yay. with this. As I'm looking at this screenshot, which definitely does show uh, satellite or uh, telescope telemetry being analyzed mm-hmm. on a laptop running Ubuntu. It's also running unmodified uh, uh, Unity. Uh, what's the thing I hate Unity? Unity. It's, Unity? It's running fully unmodified Unity. Therefore, the guy running it, um, I just lost all respect for him. Uh, he may be yep. a maybe. I'm sorry. that's even too far for me to go uh but it's you know it i want to call foul on this because what sensible person is running unity completely unmodified
2: somebody who doesn't want to tinker under the hood but likes pretty
0: somebody is tapping out an email right now better yet go use the app on the EDL app and put your <laughs> comment right there. Somebody right now is commenting on how uh, I have an IQ of 7,386 and I use mate unmodified. How dare you call me an idiot? Blech. Um <laughs> No, nope.
2: just threw up a little. Uh, or a I, lot.
3: Kind <laughs> of water to seven. rinse that out um, of my mouth. <laughs> ah.
2: No, but
0: it just shows that... Uh, Ubuntu is used by geeks. I think that's all the story proves. A uh, guy works for NASA. Pretty safe assumption he's going to be a geek. And he's using Ubuntu. Great. It's also it's kind of neat that it shows that it's not it's not an also ran, you know. Yep. Linux is there. Linux is available for the taking and it is solid and it is a valid option as an operating system. Most people just don't know and a lot of people who do know don't care.
2: Hey, Mark, I I have a question for you. Suppose somebody wanted to get a job taking care of systems like that. Do you know of anywhere where they could get instruction on how to support somebody running maybe not this particular Linux distro, but this or similar distros?
0: Uh, let me think about that. I think I may have heard once of a site called LinuxAcademy.com, and their their whole purpose, their stated goal, is to take you from being a Linux novice to being a certified Linux administrator. And they do that by way of step by step video courses uh, that, uh, that guide you in, in a visual format uh, from one step to another. But it's not just videos, they also have study guides that go along with it and this amazing lab environment that you can run with, run with it. So it's this whole package of Learning for uh, how to become a Linux admin. is that something like you were talking about?
2: Yeah, it is. I mean, is that just somewhere where it's just like I'm going to school and I got to listen to some professor drone hours and hours on end to find that one nugget that he was saying?
1: And it uh, sounds ex- and it sounds expensive.
0: Well, yes. Seth, you do have to listen to hours and hours of videos because that's how you learn. But they're not just uh, irrelevant stuff. I I once had a college professor who said um, the syllabus tells you what you need to learn. The book is there to provide that information. Lecture class is my time. And he talked about whatever the heck he wanted to talk about. Um, I'm not kidding. It just didn't matter. He would spend an hour uh, and a half uh, Tuesdays, Thursdays lecturing about bananas. We actually had a huge involved discussion on bananas one day. The good thing is you don't hmm. get that at Linux Academy because they're focused, they're targeted. It's The videos are created by professionals in the field. Uh, the content is independently certified. as high quality. So it, it really gets straight to the point. And you don't have all the the huff and fluff of college. Also, one of the things that they offer that I never got in college was personalization. You can use their system. You can tell them when you're available. Hey, I want to work uh, three hours a day, two days a week on Tuesdays and Thursdays. And, and they will say they will put together say what do you want to learn in that time they'll put together a, a syllabus at the every morning on tuesdays and thursdays they'll send you an email and say these are the things you got to do today these are the lessons you should study these are the tests you should take and they will keep you on course on your own time schedule i never got that Very in college
3: cool. yeah
0: but to answer Neither your cre- uh, question chris it it's certainly ne- not nearly as expensive as my college degree was. $25 <laughs> a month. How does that, uh, s- strike you? That's it. That's, that's the most you can ever pay is $25 a month.
1: I, I like it. I, that's, uh, I could, I could spend that much money and I would. Cheaper skate than you are some days. But you don't have
0: to spend that much money. Like anything else, if you buy in bulk, you save. So if you buy a quarter, which is three months, it's $65 for the quarter. So there's a $10 discount right off the top right there. But the real savings is if you buy annually. By 12 months, it's $215 annually, uh, which is less than $18 a month. Don't go spend 200 bucks up, up front. I just, I just don't think you should do that. But buy a month. Try it out. See if you like it. I'm pretty sure you are. Uh, and then uh, come back later and buy a bigger chunk. LinuxAcademy.com and if you go to LinuxAcademy.com slash EverydayLinux you'll get even a, a, a special discount only for our listeners so the pricing that I just told you doesn't even count. Cool. That's a good question, Seth. Uh, I'm surprised that you asked it just out of the blue. It's,
2: it's almost like you uh, you were planning that.
1: <sighs> we would plan things like that? Never.
2: No, I just you know sometimes I just lose my train of thought and go off in these random directions. So,
0: <laughs> so uh here's maybe a story for a resident Steam uh, fanboy. Uh Steam seems to be charging for mods or allowing users to charge for mods. Chris, are you yeah. for it or again it?
1: It's I'm kind of in a mixed bag for it because you know they're there for a long time. When I was playing Left 4 Dead every night. Um, some of those mods for Left 4 Dead were very in depth. And I could see charging something for a mod that is obviously over, yeah, I, I don't, I don't, I'm trying to, have, trying to think of how to say this. Um, I would say if you can make a mod that people can't tell it's a mod, that it's that level of, you know, that it's on par or better than the original, um, release. I think you should be able to charge for something like that. Now I've seen just as many mods that, you know, it was, they're complete garbage and I would be very upset if people were charging for those mods. So I think, but I'm also the type of guy that will pay for an app, even if it's an app I only use once in a while, or a service I use once in a while, I'll still pay for it if I'm using it. Um, I can understand, and I, there, there's been a lot of heat about this because of some of the mods that were being charged for were um, lower quality. If that makes sense. Right. So, um, you know, it, it just, it, it's another revenue for these guys that's, you know, the some of the mods, and I'm not sure which they're put which uh, games they're poking on in this article, um, but you know I would say if you got a guy who spends 500 hours making a mod that is as good as the original release, they should be able to charge something for that time.
3: It's
2: right, just my Seth, thoughts. Your
0: thoughts? Your you brought this article. What do
2: you think? No, I. Well, I thought it was kind of cool. Uh, you know, I've talked s- about the guy who developed uh, AAA, which is the open source version of Axis and Allies that runs on Java and how he was able to use what he had done Has a job interview. He was like he went to a job interview and says, yeah, I coded this last week because I like the game. And they're like, you did this. We want to hire you. So, you know, this is the the bright side, and um this is from an article I came across on OS News. If you're really interested, it links to an article on rockpapershotgun.com where this guy, <laughs> <Great> <laughs> which one, I mean, that's just a cool URL. I had to give him props. But he does like, uh, it's broken into two pages. One page, he listed the reasons that would be for it, and the other page was against it. And he was like, He's like, I'm sad because it's the end of freemium or it's the end of free. But it, if you're a if you're a developer starting out, you can showcase what you're doing and then you can make some money off of it. And because you're modding a game, there's like part of the money goes to Steam for hosting it and then goes back. Part of it goes back to the original developer. So it's a way for somebody to get in the industry and possibly earn some money without you know, some big studio giving them uh, a contract at some lower wage, they can kind of show what they're doing and then it might help them get a better job later on. I kind of think it's cool, it, but it's just another, it's we waste so much money on recreation that it's kind of sad. Um, <laughs> but it, it's a way for people to possibly make some, Make some money on their passion, and then maybe get them a job in the field. Yep,
1: that's how I feel. I know a couple of guys that—that's how they, you know, a very similar story. They they started a mod and turned it over to the developers, and the developers went, "Ha, huh, you're coming with us." <laughs> so, right? You know, but but they spent, uh, you know, a couple of those guys that I know they spent three hours a day for a month building what they were building. You know, I, I can understand asking for a little bit of kickback from the community, especially if it's a hot, a hot game. Right. I can, I can understand I, I, it.
0: Frankly, I am a capitalist and I am all for allowing people to charge as long as you're not requiring people to charge, right? Which is, you is what I Valve can,
1: is, which is why Problem's Valve is all. saying we're not forcing everyone to charge. So there'll still be people that'll make it for free or a small, you know, dollar or something
2: well and you know
0: and if if you if you want the mod pay for it Mm -hmm. you don't like the mod don't play it don't pay for it this this doesn't bother me in the least i don't understand why it's even an issue yes there will be crappy mods that people pay for welcome to the world Uh, people buy crappy products that aren't worth the money all the time and Mm -hmm. it would be awesome if there's some sort of refund mechanism in there but even if it's not it doesn't bother me in the least
2: yeah they one of the things they said there was like a um uh like a, you have a 24 hour kind of return window i don't know what conditions are attached to it but you know you can't come back 6 months later and say oh this was crap um but if like in the first day hey it crashed every time i want my money back please so there there is a mechanism for that i don't like and so saying,
0: some people will game that they'll buy the mod they'll play it in 24 hours and they'll return the money and you know people will be jerks and there's
2: nothing you can do about that Right. Yeah, you know. Too bad there's only that only happens in the internet. <laughs> um. All
0: right, moving right along to uh, big news. Uh, the the Ubuntu now has fresh stuff to steal from because the latest version of Debian is out.
2: Yeah, this is one that I'm actually kind of happy about a Debian eight Jesse was released. Um, they've been banging away on it for about 24 months and they finally, um, said, Hey, here's a new long-term version. Um, version eight. There's a lot of improvements in their support of UFI, uh, the unified extensible firmware interface. Um, one of the things that I'm really happy to read is, um, Support on 64-bit kernels with 32-bit UFI firmware, which is exactly my Asus Transformer tablets problem and why I haven't been able to get any Linux on it in the past. So I've seen these things for sale. For like 200 bucks, I'm considering, you know, getting a sec. I seem to, when I buy tablets, I seem to buy one and then a couple of years later, I buy another of the exact same thing. So I might, I might pay 200 and see if I could put, um, see if I could put some Debian on it. Um, because, you know, I know we're a Linux show, but I love my Windows eight tablet. It's just, it's perfect for me and I don't want to lose that to get a, uh, an Android tablet. I mean, not an Android, but a pure Linux, Linux tablet. And I really want a Linux tablet. I was sad that Vivaldi apparently withered and died. Um, I was really looking forward to that. But, um, so. There's hope for the, uh, because a lot of the cheap Windows 8 tablets are 64-bit architecture, but 32-bit UFI, and you had, and they were just, like, I was like a a head-level senior VP level at Intel told me, oh, you can't put Linux on this because it's a 32-bit firmware on a 64-bit architecture. So, now maybe I'll be able to.
0: Yeah, and it's, there's other great things here, too, right? It's got System D in it, which some people like. Some people say yep. is the Antichrist. <laughs> um, it's, it's you know, uh, the, the UEFI. I refuse to call it UEFI. It just sounds too weird. Um, it's got other sorts of things there. But one of the things, like the second feature they put in there, no, the very first feature that they put in their news release is faster boot times. Stop listing that as a feature. Nobody cares yeah. whether it now takes 36 seconds over 37 seconds. Just just stop. It's over. It's not worth Boot it. times have way more to do with the hardware than the software. Mm-hmm. Always.
1: Yeah. It'll be interesting. You... I'll I'll have to I can't wait to put this in a VM. Um I noticed there for uh, a couple of hours after the release dates that there were some issues with their releases. Um I don't know if you caught that in the news, but there was a few. So I'm oh, glad I waited. <laughs> but uh yeah, I think it's a, it should be a good release of Debian. Um, it'll be interesting to see what happens with all of the Debian derivatives after this point.
0: And squeaking in under the wire within nine days before uh, for, uh, 15.05, Ubuntu 15.04 is released.
2: Yes, Um there's several, of course, you know, it's, it's dot four. So it's time for a new version of Ubuntu. They really strive to hit their release cycle. Um, and so they made it. Yay, Ubuntu, you delivered on time.
3: Whoop, whoop,
0: vivid,
2: vervet. Yes. Um, there's kind of, in addition to being the desktop and the server and the phone, they've released their IOT offering. Um, the Ubuntu core dub snappy um so if you um want to dabble on linux on tiny single devices um you know whatever you can think of you might give um snappy a try it's like their
0: netbook remix they the new version of
2: it yeah uh well but no it's more designed for cloud devices or internet of things type stuff so it's okay. it's it's a lot more stripped down than their netbook remix, which I loved, which is why it died. <laughs> so,
0: Seth, <laughs> stop liking things. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Either yeah. better. I think like, I'm just going to like Apple and we'll see what happens.
0: <laughs>
2: <laughs> Maybe they'll pay me money to hate them.
1: Maybe
0: all right and so we just did a story about how all uh android devices have malware or will have malware but the registry says the register uk says now you don't need av on a phone
2: yes um google well they've really done you know they haven't just been like well it's the wild west and people are going to die and that's the nature of things they're really working to make the um android worldview a lot safer and so uh speaking at the rsa conference in san francisco a lead developer for android talked about how um um, that google does scanning for malware so often it becomes so adept that less than one percent of android devices has a malware problem you know i mean i gotta call bs on that because i think that number's probably just a tad bit low, but he talked about, um, and, and here's some things where he's throwing numbers, and in the process of throwing numbers, he kind of tripped up because he said um, spyware installs have fallen by 90%, SMS fraudware installs have fallen by over 60%, and malware overall has been cut in half. So if you've lost 90% of this category and 60% of this category, but overall you've only fallen by 50%, that tells you that the other types of malware are still doing pretty good. Um, But at the same time, it they are getting better. And one of the things Google does is they constantly scan the Play Store looking for uh, fraudulent type apps. And then they will scan your device at least once a week looking for fraudulent type uh, fraudulent type apps and um you know most of the places are russia or china are the two highest instances of places that um that where they're seeing problems widespread
0: yeah you know my rule all statistics presented in percent form are yep. bs 100 percent of the time right that's that's my rule if you're using percentages you're lying or obfuscating uh, but you also know my rule about antivirus I'm just generally not for it I don't I think that most of the time you don't need it you need a, a good um, you know uh, good practices mm-hmm. uh, and and you know and I run antivirus on my Windows machines but I don't on Linux I don't on my Android devices and there's no such thing as far as I know on on iOS uh, so I, I tend to be on the google side here if you're if you're careful and and google is doing their job it's not that you won't get infected it's that the infections will be minimal and hopefully google will take care of it quickly so i just said it's a matter of time before you get infected and now i'm saying most people don't have to worry about it because i think both of those yeah. things are true yes it is just a matter of time whether you have an av or not doesn't matter it doesn't mm-hmm. change that but i think in your day-to-day life you don't need an av at least on your phone and on your Linux system. On your Windows system, I would not plug a Windows system into the Internet without basic AV on
1: it. And even that basic AV is almost not worth it anymore because it seems to be even the basic AV, the very first thing anything malicious is going to do is turn it off. So even that almost isn't worth it. You almost need to have something a little more...
0: Potent. yeah, but you gotta do. You gotta you gotta take good faith uh, effort. Make a good faith effort to stop Nimba and sure. Code Red because they're still out there, right? Right, and they will still infect a machine in seconds. Uh, so you got to have something out there. Yes, it's not good against Zero Day. Nothing is good against Zero Day. That's why Zero Day is such and why a big it thing. Exists. Right. All right. So, any other thoughts on on that in general?
2: Uh, no, I just you know, like I say if if this individual category fell by 90% and this individual category fell by 60%, but overall stuff only fell by 50% that tells you that some other categories gained maybe just a little. Um, so, but yeah, you know, I, um, but at the same time they are, they're really taking security seriously and they are working hard to control and, um, and manage the problem so i wanted to give them props for that but at the same time point out the marketing hype that only the fanboys will believe fair and balanced and a rantful so
0: and what what show would be complete without a listicle (laughs) of seven technologies young people don't want to use
2: Right. This is our, you know, um. One, I was thankful for this article because it described what a millennial was. Somebody born, they said, between eighty-one and ninety-six. And just be careful, cause like any site, it has these ads that pop up. And if your mouse gets caught over one, it will bless you. And if you're wearing headphones, you might go deaf. Um. <sighs> golly i hate browsing the interwebs um it's, it's almost no fun anymore um ad plus told me 16 ads will block i got this. 17 that's awesome <laughs> yes but uh first among them is dumb phones uh so let's just go through the list Seth, okay. and then we'll discuss them okay later. so
0: number one dumb phones number
2: two you take it uh ebooks so uh, they don't like ebooks, Number three, landline phones. Um, if you don't have a, a smartphone, apparently, they just don't want to talk to you. Number four, online advertising. Number five, traditional television. Number six, voicemail. And number seven, websites that aren't mobile optimized. Like
0: this site. All right. So let's take this from the top. Nobody wants to use a dumb right. phone. Period. End of discussion. <laughs> well, grandma's still like them because they get confused. But at this day and age, um yes, millennials don't want to use a dumb phone. Neither does anybody but, else. Yeah,
1: they should still at least use it at once. I think so, cuz then they when they graduate to a smartphone, they actually, you know, realize <laughs> they know
0: what's yes, what they're getting.
1: That's what I do with my son. He's got a dumb phone. He hates it. He never carries it, but no. when he gets if when he gets his smartphone, he will then be a little more diligent about carrying it and taking care of it.
0: My kids will never have a dumb phone. They they have the home phone now, they have tablets. When they get a phone, which will be uh, my arbitrary rule is 13, um we'll we'll discuss it at 13. That doesn't mean on your 13th birthday you get a phone, but that's when we can start <laughs> discussing it uh they will be a smartphone and it will be an android Mm -hmm. smartphone because i live in the android ecosystem therefore my children live in the android ecosystem and if they want an iphone they can go pay for it themselves um all right number two on the list ebooks um i don't know that i agree with that but again i'm an old guy Uh, but there's a lot of kindles being sold out there maybe they're just old people
2: yeah it was um and he said that was one of the uh, things that was surprising is because most millennials tend to consume most things digitally. But it says that they liked actually reading books in print. And there were like several studies that show people purchasing paper textbooks whenever the e-books were available for free. They still went out and purchased them. Um,
0: I, I really think that's just the hipstery thing to yep. do. You think so? It's, it's the ironic purchasing of paper media. Yeah. I think
1: that's what that is.
2: um, And and another thing they mentioned is that how people, whenever they view stuff online, they're more easily distracted and they tend to just skim and not actually read. So, you know, there's a difference between just reading a, you know, maybe a short blog post versus actual reading of a book. So if you're going to read a book, a lot of, you know, like I'm somebody I consume a lot of stuff online and I've, I've read a few books electronically, but I love the paper. And so, you know, I, I won't necessarily never have ebooks. I have a couple of ebooks, but I prefer paper. So.
0: Yeah. And I'm totally the other way around. I would much rather read off a screen than off a paper. Um, and I, I have been. You know, I don't like reading. I've said that many times before. The physical act of reading is uncomfortable for me. The scanning of my eyes across the line of text is painful and uncomfortable and unpleasant. And I don't like to do it. But in, when I'm going to do it, I would much rather do it on a screen than on uh, a paper. Uh, you know, I read lots of blogs or read lots of articles, so I do lots of reading. Uh, and afterwards, I have to blink and squint and and look away because it's unpleasant mm-hmm. for me. Um, maybe that's just my weird <laughs> eye anatomy uh but i much prefer uh i'm never going to get lost in the pages of a good book it just it's never going to happen for me and Ah, it never has i
1: i like reading both i'm not as happy reading on an e uh an ebook just because um i get that blurry eye thing going on when i'm looking at a a glowing screen after a couple hours um but i can read a paper you know a, a real book I could sit there and just read it until I'm at the end of it, and then go, "Oh,
0: that's why I think e-ink is the perfect blend mm-hmm. because it, if the mechanics of it is exactly like yep. reading ink. It's color. It is ink. It's it's ink on dots, right? Exactly the same as something printed, um, uh, with like a dot matrix printer. Uh, so and there's no backlighted screen. I think that's the the great way to go. And why would you want one book when you have a thousand right. books? Uh, but the the issue is most people don't want two devices. They don't want a reading device um and a general purpose mm-hmm. device so they they end up reading on tablets and have the problem yep. that you're talking
2: about yeah it's just like you know tuesday i took a day off work and i drove to a park uh and i started reading and i finished the book uh you know about six and a half hours later so i just i can't read an electronic book uh and, but you know i've never read on e-ink but um the, the electronics you know i i couldn't do that for six six and a half hours but i can paper so
0: i love the paper
2: <laughs>
0: and and i think we're the last generation uh, this says no this says millennials agree but I, I really think that's a fad next three landlines no need to discuss this nobody likes landlines whether you're old or young <laughs> uh most of the time the only reason people have a landline is because they've always had yep. the same number when you move to a new city most people don't bother to get a landline. They might get like a uh, a digital line that's connected at their home through AT and T or something like that, but it's not a landline, anymore. right? There's yeah, on I don't
2: disagree. One.
0: Yeah, no, no, no discussion on that one because everybody hates it. Online advertising again. Who who likes online advertising? Online advertisers they are the only ones who do. Um, but they do. Sponsors.
2: Well, you have uh, pined for it heavily several times on this show, so. I have? Yes, you talk about I, how you love, you know, the ads are targeted to you and you love giving everybody no, no. all your information so no, no. you can get No, no, if I'm
0: going to have to deal with ads, I want them to be relevant ads. And and we we have to we have to understand that stuff gets, has to get paid for. Right. And and advertising is the model that lots of things do. Um so Nobody likes them though and and I, I, I honestly I haven't even read this headline, but I'm pretty sure it's going to say that millennials uh, you know ignore ads well duh we've been ignoring commercials since there were right. commercials, but the fact is they also work right people ignore them, but they also work that's why that's why advertisers are still using uh, print ads on billboards and television ads and radio ads because they work um. And I, I like the fact that if I'm going to see an ad, it should be used. I don't ever want to see another ad for Mash and Gill feminine hygiene products. I should never, ever have seen that ad in the first place. I don't have the parts <laughs> for that. But uh, that's old media advertising is just blast and hope. Um, so if you want advertising to go away, great. If you, I'm, t- I'm talking to you, listener of this show, want me to never do an ad read for Linux Academy again, great. Go to Patreon.com, make a donation, and when I get enough donations to equal the advertisements, I will tell Anthony, thank you, it's been nice working with you. I won't be taking any more of your ad reads. But because you're not willing to pay for it that way, we have to pay for it another way. That's just the way it is.
1: Tis the way the world works.
0: And I'm not mad at you about it. I don't want you to say, Mark just yelled at me because I wasn't paying anything. You don't have to. It's an ad-supported medium. Mm-hmm. I'm fine with that. All right, moving right away, I, I got a little soapboxy there. Uh, traditional television, uh, yes, millennials and Xers are also over traditional mm-hmm. television.
2: Yeah, you people with your Netflix and your Hulu <laughs> Plus and your high-quality bandwidth to use your DVRs, I can see why y'all don't like traditional television. You're ruining it for the rest of us. Stop it. <laughs> okay, that's all. So,
0: I don't ever want a an a, a media producer ever again to tell me when I can watch something. Yeah. That we, it's freaking 21st century. Why are we still there? But we are.
1: I don't understand. I, it I
0: can only watch Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. on Tuesday nights at, at 8 o'clock because that's yep. when it's on. And I think that time, the time for that is, is dying. I hope so. Now, sporting events obviously have to be played at a certain time, right? You can't get 57 people together uh, whenever they feel like it. So there will be some things. There will always be uh, live, on-demand, uh, scheduled viewing. Uh, you know, American Idol, live shows like that. And, and I'm fine with that. And we're seeing a resurgence of those things. More things are moving to that for that very reason. You can't you – can't, um, uh, somebody can't cafeteria tray pick what they want when it's a live show. you got to be there when right. it's live. Uh, if you want to have the live experience so i hope that this actually brings us more toward that Uh, but right now traditional television um, is dying the last the last gasps of of an ancient
1: beast thank goodness it'll be nice when we have a la carte
0: you know and if we want to go back to the old model right where there were three channels everybody watched because there wasn't anything to watch the thing is they the the content producers created this problem by producing more content than anyone human mm-hmm. could watch. So now, now there's so much of a buffet out there. I have to pick and choose what I can watch. And you're going to tell me when I have to watch it. You can't, you can't do that when there was a scarcity of, of product, then people were willing to live with uh with you defining the schedule. But now there's so much product that people just aren't going to, aren't going to accept it anymore. All right. Next up voicemail. Um, okay. I, I think everybody hates voicemail no other, other than here?
1: you know the only thing i would rather say is i hate voicemail but i love transcribed voicemail
0: yes <laughs> yeah don't don't leave me a voicemail text me but uh and and my see i don't handle the phone like most people i've said before i think the height of rudeness is calling me you're telling me that whatever i'm doing is less important than you so i almost never answer the phone if it's my wife or my boss i answer the phone otherwise it goes to voicemail if you call me and I don't know you and love you as a person, or depend on you for a paycheck. It's going to voicemail. Period. End of discussion. It's wow, just going. I'm glad to. I know where I um, sit. So, <laughs> <laughs> so you leave me a voicemail, or you send me a text, uh, and and that's the way to do it. And Seth, you wouldn't even know if you have any voicemail because you don't even know no where that phone is. Yeah,
2: I mean, you know. <laughs> I lament nobody calls me. How do I know I haven't had my phone for like Yeah. Um how long have I had my car? So I guess maybe two or three months. I've been without Did you sell it with the old car? Maybe? No, I think it's in the back of whenever I transferred all the junk from my old car to my new car. I put it all in the back of the new car. And uh that's part of what I was doing this afternoon was I was like going through saying, Wow, I've had this trash back here for three months in a trash bag. I should throw it away. Um so um I'm hoping it's still back there at the bottom. I haven't got all the way through it yet.
0: <laughs> all right. And the last one, number seven, websites that aren't mobile optimized. Um I don't know that I agree with this one. What do you guys think?
1: Um I I, I wouldn't say mobile optimized. What I would say is the ones that don't move with your browser. So Mobile optimized usually means that it it scales according to what your what your device you're reading it on. So, but the funny thing is, is, this website that this is all about isn't mobile friendly. It doesn't dynamically resize the site with you know depending on what size your your window is. So, that kind of makes me laugh, just a big chuckle inside.
2: Yeah, I don't mind mobile optimized or I, I guess I don't mind. I want it to look decent on a mobile site. But at the same time, if you focus on mobile, then you lose so much of what a website can do. But, you know, I mean, that ties in with the millennials love smartphones. And if it's not a smartphone, it doesn't exist, blah, blah, blah. I just I think you have reduced the web and everything it can be into this little tiny thing you can fit in the palm of your hand and you're losing so much it's like
0: yeah i really hate it when i go to a website on uh, and i'm looking at it on on a relatively meager um resolution of of 1366 by 720 i think that's what it is whatever whatever the sure. 720 is um yeah and that's that's not high resolution that's fairly standard in fact even small by some comparisons and there's 4 inches of white space on either side of a column of yep. a web page. That's uh, that's that's mobile, that's responsive design, right? That's mobile-friendly design. You go to my website, elementopi.com, on your phone, it's readable, but it's not perfect. And I'm okay with that. I haven't spent the time and effort to make it readable, uh, to make it perfect, because it's good enough. You can read it. Things run together. It's not, It doesn't look great. I keep getting emails from Google saying, you're going to take a hit on your on your search because your site isn't mobile-optimized. And I'm okay with that, because if you're searching for everyday Linux, I'm at the top of the listings anyway, because... That's the name of the mm-hmm. show. So it doesn't really bother me so much. Uh, but, you know, again, I would like my site to to have one form that looks great on all platforms. And, and people offer that. But I've never seen one that actually fulfills that promise.
2: Yeah, I like the old way of for the mobile site, click here. You know, um, right. I think that's the best because you're saying I have a smaller screen you know i don't want all the fluff versus hey i'm watching this on my 60 inch television you know i don't want to see 20 inches of white space on either side so i don't like the fact that mobile is the darling of the interwebs mm-hmm. um because it And, and much mobile to be small desired. screens
0: small screens are driving the web backwards in time yep uh, their landing pages are now popular again um and pages you know with uh, a couple of lines of text in a paragraph and then click here to go to the next thing are popular those those that's what the web looked like in 1999 and it wasn't a good thing people there's a reason we left it and now we're moving back for mobile and and i get i understand that that the mobile experience has to be different to be at its best but that's not where we are. And and, and even, what is mobile now? Mobile, we just complained that mobile is now seven and eight-inch screens. Um, you can put a lot of text on a seven-inch screen and still make it perfectly mm-hmm. reasonable. And let's not forget the pinch and zoom thing. So I, I just think mobile optimized is 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 the new CB radio. It's a fad that's going to come and go. I hope. It. I hope.
1: Oh, Lord, I hope. <laughs> we can only hope at this point.
0: And, you know, another thing that's super popular right now is low contrast. Let's have light gray text on a white background. That, that's for millennials. They have the, the retinal resolution to handle that. You hit 40, you start losing the ability yep. to read that. Um, and you're, you you got to understand, people, you are alienating a huge chunk of your audience when you choose to be designy like that. Um, and you, you, you can't focus on the 20-somethings for everything i understand they're the people that you're looking for the millennials are the people who are paying for things right now um and and the hipsters are 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 where it's at but every medium who's ever tried to target like that loses out on the long run because people don't stay there and the people who are at that age change their opinions very rapidly hello myspace (laughs) you targeted the young audience and look what happened facebook targets the grandparents and they've got a billion users
1: Kind of amazing yep. how that works. There's a whole lot more old people, and there's more coming every day. <laughs>
0: and I've officially become one of them.
1: Oh, poor Mark.
0: Well, I just—I didn't intend to go off on a rant on on six of those seven things, but uh, you know, you never know where rants are going to come. They just—they just. They just I, I have often described in my brain as a tumble dryer you know an upright tumble dryer with a busted latch on the door you never know when the door's going to come open and something's going to fall out and i can't stop it just like you can't stop the busted dryer there's nothing you can do about it it's going to open
2: and something's going to come out and you tape. don't know what it is So you got to get a two before and put one in against yes. the wall and the other end pinning you back yes.
0: you have to prop my <laughs> brain closed to get me to stop ranting
1: that would be difficult at best <laughs>
0: Yeah. My wife says I also have a, a busted radio in my head. Oh. <laughs> uh, suddenly a song from 1967 will just come out for no reason because the radio kicked on. It's just, my wife is just the does. same way. Welcome it's to my fun. mind.
1: I do it on purpose, so I'll trigger her radio in her head of a song that I know she dislikes just oh, yeah. just to have fun with that.
0: Oh, one, one of my favorite tortures is, this is the song that never ends. You just sing that one line. And my wife for for the next two days will have that song around because it literally is the song that never ends.
2: Or you and, go do 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 do, do, do. <laughs> Yeah,
0: yep. that's another good one. Yeah, plant an earwig in someone's ear and then run. It's great. <laughs> it's
1: a great one. Yeah, actually, I think I'm going to try that. So do it again uh, that's
0: it for the news. That's it for the news this week. The news and cruelty section of the <laughs> show. Uh, Seth, tell us what happened this week in internet history.
2: Okay. Well, this week. Something pretty important happened back in 1961. Robert Noyce, N O Y C E, Noyce, Noyce is granted a patent for an integrated circuit. So, integrated circuits are important if you want to have them. Their computers ever hit the big time. (laughs) So that happened 1961.
0: So, the idea of a chip that control that has lots of different components on it. It's hard to it's hard to imagine at some point that was a novel idea, but it was. Somebody had to come up with that.
2: Yeah, instead of um, having yeah, instead of having all these different circuits on a board, you put a bunch of them on a chip. And hey, wow, it's an integrated. Chip. Interesting.
0: All because of the miracle that is semiconductors. Um, okay, I, that's it. I don't got nothing else to say. So, Seth, take us out of here with your show closing spectacular.
2: All right. This was an interesting website I found. It is a random startup generator. So what you do is you click on this link and it auto creates <laughs> just what a uh, a fictitious startup company. Uh, mine is philosophy p-h-i-l-o-s-o-p-h-y-i-n and then you can like go on it says like buying philosophies just got a whole lot better so you can go to about and it's random quotes um you click on our team and there's random pictures of people <laughs> with random titles um <laughs> worry hub appreciate determined
0: worry Worry hub is why you'll never get worried the same way again <laughs>
2: yeah and if you go back to the link it'll it'll create another one replace uh the selector way to replace replacing everyone talks about it but only the truly bright are able to replace day in and day out here at replace we understand your commitment and want to give you what you need to take your replacing to the next level
0: i got wriggle I i got a good one the honor motivate wriggle
1: i got a good one size link Okay. to sustain your size <laughs> so buying size is just gonna a whole lot better.
2: stretch for those who stretch <laughs> <laughs> nice. metal it metal it is revolutionizing the way people think about metals So <laughs> I just thought it was it was kind of cool um, and uh, it was kind of funny some of the stuff it generates I've uh, I've clicked on it a lot. I ain't never seen the same one twice yet. So I'm not saying there's an infinite number, but um, they seem to be rather
0: complete with beat our team and try it now links. Yes, I mean they've they've really gone all out. Uh, you shouldn't think about whether to apply; just do it. It's a unique opportunity to meet an awesome people and change the world. Courtney Stephen, Torrington, Connecticut, as seen on <laughs> a bunch of other w- random stuff. Yeah, that's great.
1: But if you click on the try now, it doesn't do anything; it doesn't take you anywhere. It just drops you to the bottom by the sponsors.
2: That's funny, uh, yeah. So, uh or you could yeah, sign I up.
1: It was I could sign up and find out about Square Hub. <laughs> Your earned, but Square. when you go
2: to when you click to sign up, it says it's a startup generator and it's not a real company, so oh. it won't let you sign up. But anyway, I I just thought it was interesting and fun to play with, and you know maybe our guys out there uh, in the vast nether regions of cyberspace (laughs) sorry don't even know where that came from but maybe they'll like (laughs)
0: leave it to seth to take us to the nether regions once again (laughs) so this is the part of the show where you tell me what you think Am I all wet? Am I an idiot? Of course I am. We all know this. This is well defined. Many of you have told me I'm an idiot. But why am I an idiot this time? Go to elementop.com, click the contact us button at the top of the page. If you'd like to send an email to us directly, edl at elementop.com goes to all three of us. Or if you would like your voice to appear right here alongside mine on your very own podcast, well, my podcast that I'm letting you put your voice on, Uh, you can call us at 559-IMOP, one of my many Google Voice numbers, leave a message there, and we'll play it on the air. We love hearing from you thank you for being the awesome listener that you are and my, the, as i always like to say the best thing you can do for us is a enjoy the show and b share it with others chris seth thanks for being with us your great hosts as always seth enjoy your trip to hawaii aloha to aloha. you my friend be safe and come back to us with lots of cool stories
1: the more stories the better okay, okay. make sure you have pictures
0: and just a little programming note, while Seth is gone, we're gonna we're gonna step out of the the norm. Not that we have a lot of norms around here, and the next two shows, uh the the next one is gonna be all about Chris. With Seth gone, we're gonna focus Ooh. on Chris. And then the the show after that is just gonna be random weird stuff. Stuff you didn't know. Um because we thought that would be interesting. And then when Seth gets back, we're gonna learn all yeah. about
2: Seth. That will be probably the shortest show we've ever had <laughs> in the history of everyday Linux. <laughs> Oh,
0: I know for a fact that Seth is a fascinating guy. It it just it occurred to me as we were discussing what we're going to do while Seth was gone, that every week we discuss each other and we interview other people. But I've never interviewed these two guys. So that's what we're going to do. I'm going to interview Chris and then I'm going to interview Seth. And maybe sometime if they decide I'm worth it, they'll interview me. And uh, we're we're just going to we're just going to have a show about us. Uh, and, and it'll be clearly noted, and you can skip over it
1: if you want to. Or, or you could send <laughs> no. questions. Thanks. You know, if there's questions That's that you want to hear, you know, that you want to have Mark ask me, send them. That would be kind of fun. Now, obviously, there will be some things off limits, but go ahead. Send the yeah. questions in. Let's see them.
2: Yeah, there are no <laughs> stupid questions, but there are inquisitive idiots. So <laughs> there you go.
0: So thanks for for being with us for uh, for another hour and a half and I'm going to say that ends this episode of Everyday Mix.